This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope you're well. Tree up yet? Nah, thought not. Sorted your trips to Germany next year? Yep, (laughs) thought so. Priorities, huh? Anyway, thanks for joining me. Uh, Just touching on that Euro draw for Germany next year... Uh, I covered the draw in a recent episode, one which you're more than welcome to go and have a listen to. Familiarise yourself if you're not already up to date. But this episode, we are looking at the Lionesses for the final time this year. They've concluded their Nations League campaign with games against the Netherlands and Scotland. In a moment, I'll be chatting with the Evening Standards' Dom Smith. But going into these last two games, we were in third place in Group A, just above already relegated Scotland with six points after wins against the Scots and Belgium. But Belgium, they were ahead of us by a point and the Netherlands were top with nine points. There was still all to play for. Millie Bright, you may remember, pulled out shortly after the squad was announced, so I felt that we could be suspect at the back. Obviously still without Leah Williamson too. So the Netherlands game was the first one, a return to Wembley for the first time since April, and that finalissima penalty win over Brazil. 3-2 in quite a dramatic game. 2-0 down in the first half, then coming back to win it 3-2 in the second half. A game I went to with my daughter. uh, And as we sat there in the west stand behind the goal, we had to look up the other end as both Dutch goals were scored at that opposite end to us. And then in the second half, all three England goals were at that other end from us. It's the way the cookie crumbles, I had to tell her. On that same evening, though, Belgium and Scotland were drawing one each. So before the game at Hamden, the table saw us in second place. We were still behind the Netherlands, but we were both on nine points, but behind to them because of their superior goal difference. So on to Hamden. We needed to win. We needed to score a hatful, well, at least three, and hope that the Dutch didn't score or Belgium won. It wasn't just a place in the Nations League finals at stake, but also the possibility of keeping Team GB at the Olympics next year in Paris. Now, whilst Beth Mead had come on as a substitute in that Netherlands game at Wembley, this time she began against Scotland for the first time in a Linus's shirt since playing Japan in November of last year. Esme Morgan came in also with Jess Park in the defence. So goals from Alex Greenwood, two from Lauren James, although I might add one of those was wickedly deflected. Uh, Beth Mead scored as well in the first half, 
Then an early second half goal from Frank Kirby and a very late one from Lucy Bronze saw us win 6-0. Would it be enough? Well, 4-0 at half-time put us top as it was only 1-0 to the Netherlands against Belgium. So things were looking good. 6-0 at full-time, but the game was still going on in Tilburg. On 90 minutes, it was 2-0 to the Netherlands, but it still had five minutes of injury time to play. At this point, England were going through. Although you may have seen on the telly, Serena Weigman was showing three fingers to the players. She'd heard that her nation had scored a third goal. Leon's Damarius Egarula had scored it. The Lionesses, we were still going to the finals next year. They huddled together while still on the pitch. Then the news came through. Egarula had got her second of the game and the Netherlands fourth. All of a sudden, the pendulum had swung. It was now the Dutch who were going to the finals and there was nothing England could do about it. We were pipped by a goal. Both on 12 points, but the Dutch had scored one more than us. Disappointing. But that's football. Late goals happen. And you have to say, whilst the six we scored were great to see, the late goals we conceded in the earlier games away to both the Netherlands and Belgium have ultimately cost us. So with all the other groups concluding on the night, the finals for next year in February will consist of the Netherlands, France, Germany and Spain. One of those countries, they will host the finals and France and one of them will progress to the Olympics. I wonder if it will be held in France and, and maybe used as a trial event for the Olympics. Would have been great to potentially have had the finals here, had we have got there. But as it stands, we finished second. So no relegation playoff to be had for us. So we can only imagine that the Arnold Clark Cup will return next year as the rest of Europe plays for their Nations League lives. Other teams in similar situations to ourselves finishing second in their groups, Austria, Denmark and Italy. Maybe we'll play one of those or two with a, a different continental side thrown in. I'm sure we'll find out in time. Now, someone who was also at Wembley for the Dutch game and also up at Hampden Park was the Evening Standards, Dom Smith. And it's great to have him back on the show. Hi, Dom. Hello there. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. All good. Good stuff. Good. Well, ah, Lionesses, last one for the year. It was all going so well. And then it just it just fell a bit flat in the end, didn't it? Absolutely. I mean, with the permutations of what England needed to do, obviously, if, if the Netherlands uh, didn't win, then England just needed to win in their final game against Scotland at Hampton Park. And if the Netherlands did win, then England needed to better that result by three goals on the night. It it had the makings of some real drama, but I, didn't, I don't think any of us expected it to actually come off in that way to the extent that it did. So, yeah, uh, incredible drama. And then for England to score with the last action of their match, watch the game and three minutes later they'd lost their right to play in February's Nations League finals. Incredible. Yeah, no, it, it was exciting, but in the end, just didn't go our way. Uh, just going to quickly cover 
both games if we can. I know we were we were both at the Wembley game. Um, mm. That was that was quite exciting as well because I've got to be honest. The first half, I thought we we weren't at the races at all. We we weren't particularly good. Um, and the second half, a few changes, and that sort of gave us the impetus that we needed. That again, ultimately ended with a uh, quite an exciting end. Well, it took 59 minutes, I think, for England to click into gear. And then I, I did sense that a goal was coming. And by that point, they were 2-0 down with some errors as well um, from, from from Mary Earps, the goalkeeper. Um, and then, you know, just when I thought that England were maybe going to get one back, they did. And then they had another. Um, so two in two minutes, showing the kind of firepower that we haven't really seen from the Lionesses for a few months, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but then obviously to win it with the... With a stoppage time goal was incredible in any other realm apart from the fact that England needed to win it by two. So it was um, it's a shame, really, because in other in in any other sense you'd, you'd celebrate that night, um, you know, until the cows come home. But England weren't able to. Yeah, he kind of came away thinking, oh, just just needed a little bit more, and uh, and you can sort of understand Mary Earp's her frustration in the the post match interview because let's be honest, if it was a bit of a howl. I don't don't like to sort of point the finger, but it was a bit of a howler on her behalf where the ball slipped under her. And that could have been that two-goal cushion. Mm, absolutely. It's um, all, so, all ifs and buts though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, but England got it done, but they left themselves with a lot to do in the final match, of course. That's right. Tell, just tell us a, a little bit about Hampton. I know you were up there for the game. Yeah, it was about 40% full. Um, it was very, very cold. Could have been colder. I thought right. it was when it was Scotland. But yeah, it was very cold. It's, it's a nice kind of bowl stadium. It's um, it's sort of thing you'd expect maybe to find in, you know, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Montenegro, these sorts of countries with the running track around the outside. But no, it's, it's very much in, in Glasgow. And uh, and yeah, England were just um, sensational in the first half. And uh Scotland came into it at five, when they were 5 0 down. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? Came into the game when they were 5 0 down towards the end of the, of the second half. But England got their sixth goal, which they thought was an all important goal, but in the end, it wasn't. Yeah, I must admit, I, there was a point where, as you say, England were 5 0 up. And, and I thought, do you know what? Scotland are pressing here. Um, if, if, they're, if they're lucky or, or we're unfortunate, they. They might score here, and I, did they hit the post, or they certainly had a good mm. chance um, yes, to win yeah, that they, period. Um, they had a header from Kirsty Hansen, which um, Mary Earps uh, pushed onto the post. Um, That's right, via, or, or at least pushed onto Lucy Bronze, who then kicked it against their own post. Yeah, um, so very dramatic, but um, yeah, Eng- England survived and got their sixth goal. Six goal from Lucy Bronze right at the end, which meant that the the Nations League dream was over for the for the inaugural um, time this year, um, and also sort of the Olympic dream um, that came with it um, didn't materialise. How much do you think that sort of hurts? Well, um, it's a double blow because England have got the England had the chance to win. Well, in, England had the chance to compete those players at least, in two tournaments um, as Team GB in the Olympics if they'd done well uh, in the first one, which was the Nations League finals in February. So basically not managing to to do it on the night. They did their half of the bargain, but Holland were just too good against Belgium. It basically is a 2-0 defeat for England because they lose the ability to win two tournaments rather than just one. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, um, you know, uh, double jeopardy really mm. um, so yeah a shame really because you know everyone wants to be an olympian um you or i certainly won't be one so uh oh, well, you never know 
<laughs> well, I suppose, yeah. A bit of a shame for the younger players in the squad who haven't tasted that sort of experience before. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 2023 has been a... Uh, it's been a good year. I think it's safe to say that for the Lionesses. Obviously, there's the, the two trophies at the, the beginning of the year, the Arnold Clark Cup, the Finalissima. However way you, you may look at those two trophies, they are silverware. World Cup finalists as well. Um, what, what do we take from this year? Well, it's been a, an interesting year. England obviously um, won the Arnold Clark Cup um, by romping to victory, and then they were a little bit flat. Um, they were a little bit flat in the lead up to the uh, World Cup. And in the World Cup, not all their performances were particularly um, convincing. I think it's fair to say, even though they did reach the final, and then and then they just looked quite lethargic in the opening um, two international breaks of this uh, of this Nations League campaign, and they left themselves, I think, with too much to do, really. So um, a mixed year, um, which is, uh, I think, that's fair to say. Twenty twenty two was not a mixed year, of course. Of course. Twenty twenty three, I think, probably has been. No, look towards the next year. I mean, I guess it will be the Arnold Clark Cup again in February. Um, and I'm assuming then that qualifying for the Euros will begin next year at some point. Uh, yes, and I, I believe it's just another Nations League campaign, I think. I think oh, that's right. how it works. I think that uh, is, um, I think that's how it's orchestrated now, which is interesting. Um, certainly helps make the sport more competitive because, of Absolutely. course, England scored eighty goals and let in none in their in their qualifying campaign for the um, World Cup, which was the uh, most goals any team has ever scored in any World Cup or Euros qualifying campaign in the history of football. <laughs> so, um, so I think it did need to change. Yes, well, it certainly has changed, and we've we've seen the seen how it can change. I think it's safe to say this this past campaign. Um, many thanks for uh, for joining us. That's short and short and sweet uh, this time, but thank you very much for your time. And indeed, throughout um, twenty twenty three, it's always a pleasure to to speak with you. Um, I wish you a merry Christmas, Dom. All the best for the new year, and and let's uh, let's speak in twenty twenty four. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too, and hopefully the Lionesses can have a a slightly more convincing year. Thanks to Dom there. It was a quick one. Uh, We were both up against it with time there. Uh, But as I said, I really do appreciate all he's given over the year. Uh, And I should have mentioned. What a year he himself has had. Uh, go give him a, a follow over on Twitter, at Mr. Dom Smith. Uh, or you can find him amongst the back pages of the Evening Standard. Thanks for listening. I will be back with you very soon. A couple more shows before Christmas and the New Year. Actually, just before I go, uh, if you're in the Wembley area, on Saturday the 9th of December, I'll be hosting a Charity England quiz with Gary from Channel England Football on YouTube. Now, it's up at the Green Man Pub. It's a short walk from Wembley Stadium. Now, all proceeds are going towards Block 109, who in turn turn those proceeds 
into donations to various charities. And over the past couple of years, um, they have donated quite a lot of money, especially in locations England have played. It's not just money. Uh, donating defibrillators to a children's hospital ward in Malta and also one to the West of Scotland Cricket Club in Glasgow. You may remember earlier in the year I spoke with CJ from Block 109, told us all about it. Uh, loads of donations to various good causes across the year. Go check out block109.co.uk. There is much more there. Right. I suppose I'd better go look at getting the decorations out of the loft now. So until the next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.